Hey, how's it going? Welcome to Tell You What, the podcast. Our guest for this episode is Swedish musician, songwriter, one-person band, Broer Gunnar Janssen. So it was last March, I was in Austin at the South by Southwest Music Conference when I first crossed paths with Gunnar. Uh, I was at a showcase put on by the wonderful Folk Alliance International, and as expected, it was an interesting um, and diverse lineup, among them Gunnar. And I had heard his music uh, a little bit before this, and I was already intrigued. So out walks this tall, striking-looking Swedish man who sits down at a small drum kit, plugs in his electric guitar, and says, I'd like to begin with a song about snakes. And off he went. He unleashed a furious, garagey blend of blues and American folk. I was hooked. It was a great performance. We spoke briefly afterwards and tentatively planned for a podcast uh, episode recording. So apart from the great show I witnessed, here's why I was intrigued and really looking forward to this conversation with Gunnar. How does a Swedish-born and bred musician become so influenced by, seemingly somewhat obsessed with, American roots and blues music? It is a long way in several senses, from the Mississippi Delta to Gothenburg, Sweden. Secondly, scattered amongst Gunner's catalog of several albums are a series of songs that revolve around a few characters he has invented. Criminals, murderers, and their mothers. Characters seemingly out of a Tarantino movie. His songs told the stories of their lives, and afterlives in some cases, in fact. From a songwriting perspective, I found this fascinating, of course. So in my head, as I looked ahead to this conversation, I crafted a space for Gunnar's story. Surely these paths he chose, writing songs that pay homage to and occasionally, in fact, name-check the great American blues players and some of their songs, and using the fictional characters as his vehicles, were part of some master plan to conquer the musical world. I expected to hear Gunnar connect the dots of his ambitious musical life plan as he explained these choices. So what did I get? Well, you can listen for yourself, but put simply, I was quite wrong. As Gunnar explains in various ways and answers to different questions, his is not a premeditated, uh, calculated process to further his career. Instead, his musical decisions are made with his heart. He follows his muse and his instincts in the moment and does what feels right and fun. So I went into this looking for some kind of a blueprint, a master plan that would provide interesting insights. And instead, what did I find? I found an artist pursuing his craft in a pure and honest way and producing some great music in the process. The conversation we had, therefore, could have been a bit of a difficult interview because in addition to a slight language barrier, Gunnar chooses not to reflect too heavily on his inspirations or how he chooses to make his musical decisions. But as we went along, I found myself really appreciating Gunnar for his honesty. He didn't try to invent answers where there weren't any. And he gave an honest account of his process as best he could. And that was full of insights in its own way. So a lesson learned by me, one that needs repeated learning for me. Expectations can really get in the way of discovery. Leave your expectations behind. Let the music take you where it will and surprise you with the joy of discovery. So let's get to it. Here is our Tell You What discussion with Broer Gunner Janssen.
Gunner, welcome to Tell You What, the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time to meet with us. Um, <laughs> I am here in Evanston, Illinois at Tell You What Studios. You are in Sweden. Yeah, in Gothenburg, Sorry. Sweden. Say that name again. Gothenburg, west coast of Sweden. Okay. And is that home for you? Yeah, that's my hometown. That's where I live. Did you grow up there? I grew up uh, not far from here, in a like a suburb, basically, to Gothenburg is where I grew up. So I've always been living quite close to Gothenburg all my life. Well, through the magic of the internet, we're able to have this conversation pretty yeah. easily. Um, so let's let's talk about your background a little bit. I understand your father was a jazz musician. Um, yeah, that's correct. He's a bass player. So this obviously would have been a big influence on your early uh, years musically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, he showed me so much music that I really enjoyed, and he took me to to gigs. And uh, I mean, he owns his own gigs and rehearsals, but also, of course, a lot of other bands' uh, gigs. Uh, so uh, yeah, I grew up with a lot of music and a lot of jazz and folk and blues stuff uh, from him. Um, so when did you first pick up an instrument? Uh, I think, yeah, I was around four. Uh, I, he had a, a cello back home in, in our apartment, but it was really big for me. So I played like a double bass because it was too big for playing like a cello. So I, 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 I was standing and playing it like a, a, a double bass. You played the cello like a double bass. Yeah. <laughs> that still would paint an interesting picture for a four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. And so that was four. And so uh, then did you pick up piano, guitar soon after that? How did that go? Uh, it took, uh, I mean, I only played around with the cello, not for a very long time, I think. Okay. And then it took a few years before I started, like, really playing music. Uh, I was 10, I think, when I started uh, uh, taking saxophone lessons. Uh, I, that was, like, the first instrument that I played for, for real, so to speak. And then... Not very long after that, when I was 12 or something, I started playing around with, with the electric bass and guitar and never really got to learn the piano. It, I don't know. It's it's like too logical. The piano is too <laughs> logical for me. I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So at what kind of music were you playing in those days? Was it jazz mostly or...? I think it was like a, a little bit of everything. I mean, yeah. jazz, of course, uh, it almost goes without saying. But also, like, I mean, everything that I wanted to try out, soul, more rock and roll stuff. I, I played some 
I, I started playing the electric bass and started playing with uh, this guitarist uh, who was uh, the same age as me, and we played uh, like a lot of Jimi Hendrix stuff. Right. And uh, and then when I got a little bit older, started playing more like uh, uh, like more heavy music, uh, like more hardcore stuff, and and also a lot of m much more like folk music, like European. Uh, East European folk music, so a little bit of everything. <laughs> and so you still do that. You still play a little bit of everything now. Um, yeah. So when did writing your own music start for you? Like when I was a kid, and I didn't even play music. I I, I made like little songs, but there were, I mean, for me there were songs, but for for other people there weren't songs really, but. So in one way, I always like seen myself as a person who makes songs. Right. But I guess I was maybe 16 or something when I really started making my own music, I think. Right. That's Well, that's still pretty early. So pretty much when you started taking music seriously, you were already deciding to write your own music. Yeah, sure. So were you performing at these this age, 16, 17, were you performing out in public at all? Yeah, sure. Uh, that's like when I started getting my first gigs was when I was, yeah, 16 maybe. And were you playing your own music at that time out in public also? Uh, not much, no. Yeah. But I, I played in some different bands, and but, but uh, not much of my own music. Not until I was... 20 something i think that's when i started playing like my own songs out in public okay so i you've said you were playing a lot of different kind of music had a lot of different influences but a lot of your music shows a heavy influence of the early american blues absolutely what do you think it is about that music in particular that attracted you good question i mean you're never really sure what what it is but uh like when i heard muddy waters like the first time and uh, this song i can't be satisfied i still remember like the feeling that it gave me like the f feeling when i first heard that song and it was uh it's, i mean and, and also the feeling is difficult to explain it was it's it's a very groovy song and it's very groovy music overall i mean blues is is supposed to be groovy. I mean, it's also subtle. I mean, it's it's so much <laughs> in one way. I mean, it's <laughs> it's. I mean, in one way, it's really basic, and I mean, everyone can can understand it in one way. But in in another way, it's 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 uh, there's so much in music that it's like indescribable. It's just a yes. feeling, kind of. And I I think that is what got to me like the the feeling of music and 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 uh, the suggestive uh, power of music um, that's great <laughs> the fact that you aren't able to articulate it kind of reinforces the impact that it had on you I think <laughs> it goes pretty deep <laughs> so when you started writing uh, songs was it 
that I'm referring to your, your the music you put out now was it always kind of driven by the stories or and characters and and lyrically or was it more um, instrumental when you first started writing? For it was more instrumental and it was more like uh, also like in, in Sweden we have this music uh, genre called visa. Okay. I mean, you, you, it's a little bit like folk and singer-songwriter kind of music. Uh, not sure how to describe it comparing to other music, but something like that. And uh, and and for a long time, I was the music I was making was some kind of visa music. It was more it was Swedish lyrics. And it was more like a uh, little bit more low key music than 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 what I made after that, and the music that I'm making now. It was more, yeah, a little bit more Swedish, I guess. <laughs> so the the lyrics were literally in Swedish. Yeah. So what kind of a decision was it for you to start writing and singing songs in English? Well, after a time. It was. It got so difficult for me to write music and to to write lyrics, uh, and that's when I started making more lyrics in English, and that's when I started making more lyrics based on characters. Okay. They were pretty much like at first they were pretty much like a tool for me to be able to. Uh, like not making lyrics about myself, right? And which made it easier for me to write lyrics. And then after a while, I, I realized that I really enjoyed that way of, of of writing music and writing lyrics, like using yeah, like cre creating a, a story and like being free in that idea of storytelling and everything instead of basing stuff. On me, uh, I could just create someone else and and base the story on on that person instead. So you found it easier to do that when you were writing the lyrics in English. I, I never tried it in Swedish actually. Okay. Uh, because I had already started making more and more English lyrics. So I, I, I yeah I never tried it in Swedish I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well let's 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 dig in a little bit about the your use of characters in the songs. So you introduce characters into your songwriting on some of your early records. You have a couple of characters that appear in multiple songs, right? So yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I counted William and Mary Lee Dean. I think that you have ten different songs that you've yeah, published. Yeah. involving those characters. And so these characters kind of have a backstory, right, that you've developed. Yeah, sure. So do you think of the character and his storyline first and then pick parts of that story to write a song? Or do you, or is the story of the character coming to you as you write the songs, if that makes any sense? I think it's a mix. <laughs> kind of, because often when I write music, I I basically do the music and the lyrics at the same time. Okay. Because then I can 
if I want to change something in the lyrics to fit the music, I can do that. If I want to say, change something in the music to fit the lyrics, I can do that. Because if I if I write like lyrics for a whole song before I do the music, it's so difficult for me like to to be able to make some kind of music with it. And it's the same the other way around also if I do all the music first it's really difficult to make the lyrics I often try to make them at the same time because they they can like shape each other kind of yes so let's let's say for example William Dean right your character mm-hmm. appears mm-hmm. in a lot of songs do you think you might go back to him someday uh, yeah sure I mean I do that Every now and then, yes. Uh, do you know? Do you know in your head where his life went, and you will pick stories out, or will you, or you think of the stories or adventures when you sit down to write the song? At first, I didn't know know much about him, but it's the whole backstory of William has grown since then. So now I have like all from before birth to. After he dies, I have the whole, uh, the whole story basically. But but yeah, I, c- I can pick like a part. Yeah, he comes back to life at some point, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, I can pick like a part of of his story, like a part of his life story, and 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 make a song of that. Right. Next hope with William and, and Mary Dean is is to be able to make like a a combined uh, album and 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 uh, graphic novel actually. Right. I, this was a question I was going to ask. Oh, yeah. this, kind, <laughs> this kind of writing, it's you know, it's like it's like novelistic or movie mm-hmm. writing, right? So mm-hmm. I, I was just going to ask if you have had any experience doing that or any plans to do something like that. Yeah, I have no experience of that at all. But uh, okay. <laughs> I really, I mean, yeah, often like in music for me, like music is very visual. The music and the lyrics for me, they are often like a, a little movie or, or something. So, uh, yeah, I would love to to work in that direction, I guess, to work in the direction of more visual stuff uh, in... in uh, combined with the music how do you think you landed on this idea in the first place about the writing through the the stories of these characters well i don't know i mean i think i'm often like that like when you i do something and i don't think much about it and then afterwards i realize ah you can do like that you know you just try out stuff and you just follow like uh, an idea or a thought or uh, something 
and you don't think much about it because when you have the inspiration you you don't need to think really you just do right and then after you can see and analyze it or something I, i'm i'm not very good at and i'm not very fond of analyzing myself and what i right. do i just i have this um, i'm searching a word here in english <laughs> right um i have like a motto for myself which is that i when i create i always want to create from from the joy of creating so i don't want to it's it's supposed uh, it's supposed to be fun like i yes. want to have a good time <laughs> <laughs> so if i have a good time and i like what if i like the result result and i have a good time then everything is tip top for me <laughs> right it comes from a place of truth then without too much thinking right yeah exactly yeah yeah so let's switch gears a little bit. You sure. perform for a good part of your career as a one-man band setup, mm -hmm. right? You play guitar and you have various drum setups that you're playing. Um, what led you to playing this way? Is it just simpler for you? Do you find it more interesting? How, how do you think you ended up there? Yeah, I think it was a combination. At the time in my life, I had like a period of not playing with so many bands. I I, I like I, I played the saxophone for many years and I played with a lot of bands, but then I pretty much stopped playing the saxophone and I didn't have many bands left. And at the time I like figured I wanted to, to be able like to create more of my own music and on my own terms and from yeah, from happiness and like like just trying to do something without uh, too much pretensions, just like right. doing music for the fun of music, basically. And I think that's when I started like trying to do this one man band thing. Right. So this kind of goes back to your what you were talking about previously about doing something for the joy of it. Yeah. And doing what you think makes you happy. Exactly. Right? So yeah. doing your own one man band would allow for that kind of kind of free expression. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I saw you perform live uh, when I met you in, in Austin. It mm -hmm. seems like hey, you were playing in one man band format there. It seems like you really were enjoying yourself up there. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> and that is, I, I think, an important part of of a live performance. What do you What do you think makes for a good live show? What are you trying to deliver when you play live? Mm, one very important thing is to make a like a dynamic experience and and not to not to underestimate the audience for me like when i play these solo gigs these one person band gigs the audience needs to focus more than maybe with a like a regular band but if they do they can they can uh if they do they can really get much out of it back i guess i mean it's all about communication 
and the, the com like the energies going back and forth between the stage and the audience and when you play in a band that that commun communication isn't that important i mean it's important but it's not as important uh, as when you're alone on stage because the music you play and create you you do it more together with the audience that's interesting I, yeah I, 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 that's my experience in a way i mean everyone uh, has their own <laughs> no that but, uh, makes sense like so if you're in a band you're you're connecting with the audience but also with the other members of the band yeah right? exactly but if you are doing a one-person act it's you and the audience that is the only connection that that can happen yeah yeah well, it worked when I saw you. It was a, it was a great show. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> so let's get to your uh, most recent album. Mm -hmm. They found my body in a bag. It's the yeah. title of the album. Um, in in some ways, you I don't know if you would call it, but some might call this a com concept album. Yeah, sure. There are, there are multiple songs about or inspired by true crime, right? That's correct. So <laughs> how did you come to this idea? Well. Uh, since I'm a touring musician, I travel a lot, <laughs> and usually when I travel, I like to listen to documentaries and podcasts, uh, right. and a lot of them are about true crime, and uh, I also kind of, every now and then, write songs when I travel and on tour. So these two things, they kind of got together by chance. And it was the same thing there, as I described before. I, I, I didn't think about it that much when I started writing these songs. And then after I've written like three or four songs about different... Uh, crime events real crime events I, I i realized oh i have i have a theme here so it's funny so so then i decided to to make this album like a kind of a concept album yeah right so it wasn't like you said i'm going to write an album about crime you just allowed yourself to write songs and this is what developed yeah yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if I'm making you think too much about your process. Gunner. No, no, <laughs> no, it's fun. <laughs> um, so the first two songs on the record, Machine and Body in a Bag, these mm -hmm. are about particularly violent crimes, right? These sure. Are yeah. Grizzly stories. So these, you know, there's there's a lot of evil in these songs, right? Mm. So the ideas of exploring evil in the world, where does it come from? These these have been part of forms of creative expression for a long time. Books, mm. movies, music. Is that part of what you think you're doing with these songs? Is kind of exploring what evil is? Yeah, absolutely. I, that's that's exactly... Uh, um, Did I get one right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I have any <laughs> much more to say. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, on a related note, mm -hmm. 
we can go back hundreds of years in music history to the concept of the murder ballad, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. This has been a popular form of music since the Middle Ages. Yeah. Do you see maybe this as kind of a continuation of that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's interesting because, as you say, it it has been a a, a usual way of doing it and a, a a way of telling stories and like telling news and everything uh, way back, and then it, it kind of disappeared in the 1900s. There's not much like, of course. Yeah, like the twenties and everything, there were kind of a lot of murder battles. But then after that, it's it's not that common anymore. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess it's it's like a continuation of of that uh, tradition for sure. Let's talk about the song "Stalker." Mm -hmm. um, the lyrics of the song are based, as I understand it, on text messages from a serial stalker. Yeah. Um, and and I found this song interesting musically because the second half of the song kind of turns into a repetitive kind of jam, if you will. Mm -hmm. And to me, this musically maybe represented kind of the relentless nature of the stalker's mind, right? Just kind of one track thinking. Uh, Is that maybe <laughs> what you're going for? Uh, no. Uh, I, wait. <laughs> I, I just didn't think about it. It was just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the joy of music. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe I figured out what you were thinking for. <laughs> yeah. But I think it, I think it works well uh, for that reason. I think it, oh, yeah. the, 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 musically, I think it kind of gets the, the theme of the stalker's mind. Oh yeah. I, I haven't thought about it at all, but uh, it, why not? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but now you can say that to the next interviewer. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we have four songs or so on the record, or maybe more that fit that crime theme, but it is really a varied record. Um, can you talk about the song Stay Out All Night? This is a great sounding song. I really like this one. I think I hear kind of a Led Zeppelin thing happening. Here. I, well, yeah, it's... it's. Um, I mean, the lyrics are kind of based on a, on a John Lee Hooker song. Okay. Boogie Schillen, like his first, it was his first, the first song he recorded back in right. uh, 40, 48 or something. But um, musically, it has another tone because I had this band at that time and it's, it's the, 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 the people who, who are playing with me on this album, uh, Emanuel and, and uh, Henrik. The three of us had a band for a while, which was pretty much, uh, we wanted to play more like riff music with like influences from, yeah, Zeppelin and 
Hendrix and and uh, uh, Caius and uh, Earth and that sort of stuff. So many of these songs on this this latest album is, is songs that I I wrote much of the music uh, parts of the music uh, with that band and then I, I I kind of wanted to find a way to because we never really played we are only playing in, in the rehearsal our rehearsal studio we never played any gigs right. <laughs> so I wanted to take these songs and and make something uh more with them and, and put them in this in my solo thing so I could play these songs live because I I really like them. <laughs> yeah, I do too. As I understand it, you are fairly popular in France. Do I have that right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I know that I talk to a lot of American musicians, and France is not a place where, when they go to Europe, they a lot of them find success. So why do you think a Swedish musician singing songs in English has become popular there, other than maybe they have good taste? <laughs> well, I mean, you never know. I mean, it's... Like always, it's about chance and meeting the right people at the right time and being able to to reach out to people. Like I met up with this small French label. I re decided to to release an album at the label, and uh, as it turned out, this guy who had the label was really good with the PR and everything, and he landed some really good PR and playing in, in TV shows and uh, and uh, radio shows and everything so uh, which was a good um, platform right uh, yeah I mean it was a combination of luck and uh, hard work yeah do you do a lot of shows in France uh, yeah I mean it it's a little bit on and off, but this year it's quite a few shows in France. I think this fall here is maybe 20 gigs in France. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's good. Let's talk about another song. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorite sounding songs on the record, There's a Killer on the Loose. Mm-hmm. This is a fun sounding song. It's kind of a blues stomper. It's got yeah. maybe some punk roughness to it, right? Mm. But lyrically, not so fun, right? So you have yeah. a lyrically dark song set to kind of a bouncy blues beat, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it actually was kind of a weird and a little bit scary time uh, when I wrote this song because. 
yeah, there was this killer on the loose <laughs> on our street. He 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 oh, wow. made his way into apartments at night, and I think he was he was a junkie, lo like looking for money. But uh, he killed one person and stabbed another person, and he was like trying to hunt down a third person who actually fell from a, a balcony to his death. So it and everything, all all that stuff happened like around the corner from where we live. Wow. Uh, so it was a yeah a, a, a weird time. So a true crime story, but also comes from my personal experience. Yeah, yeah. On this record, there are the crime, true crime songs, right? Mm. Some real rock and roll songs. Mm. And then there are two instrumentals. One that I think is inspired by uh, the, the band Earth, kind of a drone metal band yeah. Earth, right? Yeah. So you clearly have a lot of divergent styles of music you like to pursue. We've talked about that already. Mm. How do you feel about people... When people try and categorize music and your music in particular, obviously that that, that wouldn't, wouldn't seem to work with you, but people are still <laughs> going to try and do it, right? Yeah, sure. Well, I guess it's kind of obvious. I'm I'm not really fond of genres, <laughs> right? Uh, because they don't really mean anything. So often people like to put stuff in categories. Uh, and I mean, I'm fine with that. Kind of doesn't really matter for me. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you're going to keep doing what you do. Yeah, exactly. I, it's the same there, like with everything else, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't think about it. I don't think, like when I write a song, I don't think, oh, I'm going to write a blues song. I'm going to write a pop song or I'm going to write a jazz song or whatever. I'm just going to be like, oh, I'm, I want to write a song. <laughs> right. And w what it sounds like in the end, or what you like would ca categorize it as, for me, it's it's secondary. Right. That's up. To, that's other people decide. Yeah. I'm not going to be uh, grumpy about it or anything. I, I mean, if someone calls it something whatever <laughs> i mean it doesn't really matter what people call it 
it's just yeah. i mean if people enjoy the music then they can call it whatever they like <laughs> that's a, i think that's a healthy attitude um <laughs> let's talk about one of your older songs i mm-hmm. think it's one of my favorites moan snake moan part three. Oh, okay yeah the bear snake mm-hmm. now you also released earlier on a different album moan snake moan part one mm-hmm. rattlesnake mm-hmm. Now, these songs, I'm guessing, are maybe a tribute of sorts to the old Blind Lemon Jefferson song, Black Snake Moan. Mm-hmm. Sure. Part, part of where that comes from. So what's going on with all the different snakes? That's my first first question. <laughs> Second question, what happened to snake number two? Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I can tell you... Okay, we can start with the snake number two. Okay. It's released on a on an EP I made... Uh, released on a small German label, but they only made 49 copies. Okay. Uh, because that's his thing, the guy who has this label, he likes to do weird little, weird really small uh, uh, releases. Right. So he made this 49 copy EP uh, where... Uh, where there is a version of uh, the part two. Okay. And and yeah, as you were saying there, Blind Lemon Jefferson is one of the inspirers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is Clifton Chenier made a song called something, 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 also with the snake thing. I mean, there's a lot of snake songs out there, I guess. And, but specifically, the number three is... I made it for... Uh, do you know the record label uh, Bear Family Records? No. Okay, it's uh, not so strange in, in America, of course, because it's a German label. They release a lot of yeah, American folk stuff. Uh, okay. And a few years ago, they had a 40-year anniversary. So they wanted to do like a big uh, a big 40-year anniversary box with uh, records. So they asked uh, a bunch of different artists to either write a song uh, or to play some old song with a, with the bear somewhere in the lyrics okay. the, or in the title. So that's where the bear snake came from. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, I don't know if you... Like, the bear snake, it's, it's a term from, from American football, I think. Could be. I think it's this... I don't remember exactly because I was, like, looking around on the internet... But I think it was this uh, one workout uh, thing in, in American football, which was some kind of very demanding workout. Uh, oh, I see. A drill, yes. Yeah, a drill, yeah. Yes. And, uh, and for me, it became, I don't know how, <laughs> but in my mind, it became a, a voodoo spell. Okay. Uh so this song, the lyrics of this song is like a, a voodoo spell where where the spellcaster makes you stupid and 
not being able to like uh, decide what you do you mm. became become a little bit like a stupid zombie or something that's the right. that's the idea of the song <laughs> well it's a great one I thank really you like it. finish up here let, mm-hmm. let me ask you this are these days when you tour are you touring with a band or are you doing still the one person band thing and what uh, do you look? it's a little bit of both in yeah. sweden and france i'm touring with a band we have a touring in a, a trio okay and but most other countries where i go i go solo because i don't i mean it's uh it's expensive yeah exactly uh and also yeah to to fit it to being able to do it like uh both economically and practically in other ways uh i need to play solo gigs uh, every here and there right but it's a good combination because because I, i i played so many solo gigs so i was a little bit tired of it yeah But now, since I'm touring a lot of trio gigs as well, uh, it's the solo part has been getting more fun again. Like uh, I enjoy them more than I did uh, maybe a year ago or something. Right, makes sense. And any chance we'll see you back in the United States anytime soon? Uh, yeah, hopefully. Um, nothing is quite. Uh, clear yet but i think and yeah there's a there's a good chance that i will playing a f- little bit in in 2020 actually but uh yeah not sure yet but hopefully well we look forward to that <laughs> thanks uh gunner thanks very much for taking the time to talk with us i think you have a a very healthy approach to your creative life Thank you. <laughs> I I again I hope I didn't make you think too much about it. I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to get in the way of your process. <laughs> no worries. But I appreciate your your sharing some of your process and talking about your songs with us and I look forward to seeing you um live back here in the US sometime soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thanks, Gunnar. Thanks.
Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Tell You What, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, do us a favor and tell a music-loving friend about us, or shout about it, appropriately, on the internet. Special thanks to Johan for helping to arrange this discussion with Gunnar. So stay tuned for more music discussions here at Tell You What, the podcast. And until next time, remember, music is the best. Music is the best.